Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome to Inside the Tunnel, brought to you by VT Scoop, 24-7 Sports. In association with Huskers 247, Andrew Alex here, Mateus, Doug Bowman. Little emergency pod action here. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. I, I wouldn't call it an emergency pod because if it was an emergency pod, we would have done it. Last night, uh, it, was it wasn't, not, it it wasn't, wasn't that, that much of an emergency. emergency, so we could wait until the morning. So 9 a.m. here Friday morning, we're getting after it. Here we go, Matei. How we doing? Doing well. Coming back soon after our last podcast. So obviously some good news here. Uh, not a bad emergency, but rather uh, a lot is going on right now for Virginia Tech in a good way. Yeah, and the news is going to keep on rolling in all weekend, but let's start with a move that's been made. We knew that Virginia Tech needed to bolster their offensive line. When Carter Smith recommitted to Indiana, he left the transfer portal, was receiving a lot of texts. You know, it's killing my phone battery. When people are telling me the sky has fallen, but luckily, some good news. Montavious Cunningham, tackle out of Georgia State, a guy who allowed just two sacks last year, will be with the Hokies in 2024. Rapid reaction, is this a game changer? Matei, go. I don't know about game changer, but certainly I think it's quality that you just couldn't pass up. I think when you look at his PFF grades, he's already the highest rated uh, member of the Hokies offensive line for next season, just based off of his play, obviously at a different level, a guy that's six foot three, three Oh five at the moment, uh, you know, played mostly at right tackle, had some time at left tackle as well throughout his career at Georgia state. But I really like his versatility. And I think that he's a guy that when you're looking to reshape the offensive line after the performance of last year, that was adequate at best, You know, you're really looking to upgrade, and I think he can fill a lot of positions on the offensive line. Maybe it moves a guy like Xavier Chaplin. Um, You know, you could could put Cunningham at left tackle if you want. I think the most natural position for him would be at one of the guard positions, even though he's historically played a lot at tackle. I think it just helps with his body type and moving up in competition. But overall, this is a guy that's really good in the run game. I think he's an instant upgrade over anyone on the offensive line currently. I think it's a great pickup. And we've seen, you know, Colorado's taken seven offensive linemen already. There really is a premium at the position right now. And to get a guy that's not only good, but can fit a lot of needs on that offensive line, I think it's just a a great pickup. Yeah, I I think Matei covered it. Um, The last point on on Colorado hitting their offensive line targets. I think it's important in the portal portal recruiting era for offensive linemen to to um, to not miss on your early targets. Like we saw what happened last year when Virginia Tech was desperately searching for a portal 
offensive lineman pretty much until Clayton Frady enrolled in the summer. They had to take him over the summer. And of course, I think that's probably a little too late for offensive linemen to enroll and be able to contribute early. So like if you don't, if, you, if you're not hitting on your, your top offensive lineman guys in December and January, then you're probably, you know, you're going a little too far down the list to expect much. So, you know, Cunningham played entirely at right tackle, in 2023 played a little bit of um, left tackle in 2022. Um, I think the big thing for Virginia tech and as far as upgrading the offensive line and what Cunningham could bring is a, a more consistent run blocking is going to be the key. He's a 66.7 um, run blocking grade um, in the G five, of course um, at Georgia state this year, seven games over 60.0, which is their like, you know, average average line for what's a pretty good performance um three over 70 which is really really strong um including it's marshall and app state who are two pretty good teams uh, they played lsu this year he graded out 62.4 58.5 66.4 in pass blocking against lsu's defense so um you know i think it's a decent decent get i'm uh i know i think andrew asked if it's a game changer i'm not willing to commit to that for a G5 offensive lineman moving up. We'll just have to see. But like I said, he's a guy tech identified early as, as of all the guys to go into the portal as that's one of the guys we want to go after. And they, and they locked him up against some pretty decent competition, Texas tech and others. So um, definitely, you know, when you're looking at Virginia tech right now, would be projected to return a hundred percent of their offensive line snaps next year. So this is about, upgrading um the top of the depth chart so i definitely think he he certainly has a chance maybe a guard maybe a tackle um to to help tech on the offensive line in 2024 and then he's got a couple years of eligibility left as well so um could be a multi-year starter if it works out yeah definitely love the uh multi-years of eligibility there someone that you can you know develop and build going forward uh, i did receive a text message from uh you know, someone who I won't name, but they're a donor, big fan. Wow. For me. And, and, they, and they asked me, does this mean we can tell Bob Schick to kick rocks? <laughs> we won't go that far. But do you believe that Schick or if not, who else will be the odd man out as we presumably insert Cunningham into this starting offensive line group? Seems like Schick or Parker Clements. So, something on the right side of the line there. Um, both of those guys played the vast majority. I think Schick started rotating with Brody Meadows late, um, but I think it's the right side of the line that you know they're looking. I think I don't think he's a you know PFF has him listed at six three three oh five. I don't think he's a left tackle. Um, I think they're probably still looking for a potential left tackle to give him some flexibility with Xavier Chaplin, um, but certainly Schick. Parker Clements. Um, I, I don't think they're going to kick rocks. I mean, they could come back and just be a solid backup. We've talked for the last two years all offseason about how Virginia Tech wants to get to like eight playable offensive linemen, and they just haven't had that for two years. So it may be nice to be like, yeah, we got nine offensive linemen we could play. Um, but yeah, those are the two spots I think that are most at, at risk for, for incumbents. So in terms of the offensive line, are we done? 
looking at those offers that they have out in the portal, looking at these guys who are visiting, obviously, a couple misses already so far, at least before the dead period begins again on Monday, do you think there'll be another offensive lineman added to the mix, or we're kind of going to have to hold our breath until the January portal time? You know, I think it'll be interesting. I don't think out of everyone they offered, and again, this is a, a great time to shout out our guy, Colby Crawford, Colby with a K, get him to 10K. But, um, you know, looking at the offers list, obviously a lot of offensive linemen. I don't know if any will be committing to Virginia Tech by Monday. I think that would be... This is kind of the period, and especially with offensive linemen, I feel like a lot of spots have already been filled up, and there are still quality talents that are out there looking to take multiple visits. You know, maybe we'll spark it back up in in January. Um, but of the guys, it's 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 more like it, it takes a lot longer for a staff like Virginia Tech to kind of evaluate who's in the portal, trying to get them to campus and whatnot, and and creating those relationships. Uh, a guy like Monroe Mills, um, two years left out of Texas Tech. I know he was a guy that uh, was contacted kind of later in the cycle. Uh, he's a guy I think Virginia Tech is very high on. Actually, you know, a big-time tackle player. I think he's one to keep an eye on out of all the names in there. I'm just not sure that can all materialize by Monday. Yeah, it feels like offensive line portal wise, like there's that there's the rush at the very beginning and then everybody takes a step back. And before they get too far down their list, you know, you're you're looking at the bowl games coming up. There's definitely some offensive linemen that are playing in the bowl game and then are gonna enter after. Um so I think you wait for that. Um, and then I think on that's on the team side, on the player side, if you're an offensive lineman, like, you know, like it's a coveted position. You got some value. I was just looking at Troy Everett from last year, the kid from App State that Tech tried to get and was a big, big, uh, big target there at one point. He went to Oklahoma after getting benched at App State. I think he played less snaps at Oklahoma this year than he played at App State before he transferred. So, like, it's it's an inexact science for offensive linemen, but like if you're one of the few um, few offensive linemen with like with like experience going in at the right time or um, taking your time to, to kind of let the field play out, you've got some you'll have some good opportunities. So um, there may be. I mean, it sounds like Tech is focusing this weekend on defensive tackle and linebacker um, are the main guys coming in. So we'll see what happens with those guys. Yeah, well, I'll tell Everett this much. He probably would have played snaps. <laughs> so you made the wrong decision there, Chief. His bank account may not think so. That is true. <laughs> Can't deny that. <laughs> um, so moving on. More big news. Not a new name, per se, but a familiar one that tech fans are Pretty happy they're going to be hearing at Lane Stadium for at least one more season. And that's Dorian Strong. Strong announces that he will be returning to the Hokies in 2024. A guy who somehow like didn't get first team all ACC, but on some lists was second team all American. Just a really, really impactful season 
allowed, what was it, under 100 total yards receiving against him over the course of the entire year. Like, yeah, you were going up against Mitch Griffiths, but that's still important and still impressive. Matei, give us the lowdown. I mean, this this is the game-changing news that you're looking for if you're a Virginia Tech fan. I think, you know, whether you're loosely following, closely following, many people can identify Dorian Strong as, you know, one of the, the best, uh, you know, the focal point of the defense, a guy that they could see in the NFL. You know, if he would have entered, he would have, you know, gotten drafted, who knows if that's the round he wanted to be picked in, but, you know, a, a legitimate NFL talent, um, just some of the stats, 32 targets this year, nine receptions allowed, 28.1% receiving uh, completion percentage against him, 83 receiving yards allowed, three interceptions, two of those against Boston College, and eight passes defense. I mean, it was just an unbelievable season from Dorian Strong. I think, you know, the question for many is why didn't he go pro? I think when you look at the full body of work, he's had some good years and an elite year last year. But, you know, this is a guy that's six feet tall, 182 pounds, and probably would have to play, you know, a, a small role in the NFL as a nickel. I think, you know, another year in the weight room, Evan mentioned it a couple podcasts ago. But getting a guy like that back and showing that he can be more durable on the outside and, and and you know, build on his frame, keep the same type of production, I think that would go a long way uh, in his future draft stock. So getting a guy like that, that, you know, yes, he was named a, a third team all ACC member. Uh, I made the case on Twitter. He probably could have been considered for the first team if if everyone had those blind stats. But this is a guy that's one of the best cornerbacks in the conference and, you know, definitely will be trying to make the case that he's one of the best corners in America uh, next fall. I think it's, he's got a pretty good case that he's already one of the best corners in the country. Um, you know, there's, there's player retention and then there's like this kind of player retention, like, like bringing back Jalen Lane, good player, productive, one of the best slot receivers in the, in the ACC, bringing back Dorian Strong, is bring back one of the best cornerbacks in the country. Um, and, and when you can have a number one lockdown cornerback, I think what that does for the rest of your defense, regardless of what Monsoor Delane does at the number two cornerback spot, like you can you can do you can do some things when you have at least one really, really, really good lockdown corner. So um I think Strong's return in that sense is is huge for this defense. Um it's a key piece. Just go ahead. Um, it's kind of like um, when Mike Young talks about how Hunter, Hunter, how he just like the game plan begins with who's Hunter Couture going to guard the best perimeter player for the other team. It's the same kind of thing where it's just like, all right, Dwayne Strong, here's your guy this week. Um, he had the 28.1 reception percentage allowed he had this year, um, number two among Power Five cornerbacks since 2014. Um, number one was Greg Stroman in 2017. Was at like 25.5 percent. So, um, the, he, based on that metric, it's the second best season for a Power Five cornerback in a decade. Um, so, like, I mean, clearly just a superb season. He had, I'm counting them up: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games where he didn't allow a reception. So, um, including. Uh, 
five games where he was only targeted once. So he basically just did sprints for four quarters for those games. Um, so, I mean, yeah, huge addition, huge return. Um, another another feather in the cap or notch in the belt for Brent Pry and roster management strategy, player retention, culture building. Like players at that level um, that want to come back and that you can you can get to come back that's just a huge indication of like where where the the vibes in the program and all that stuff right now and you know now seems like a good time to remind folks to subscribe as a vip to vp scoop 24 7 sports if you subscribe you enter for a chance to win a night with doug bowman a symposium on the Greg Stroman 2017 season. So again, VT Scoop 24 7 Sports for you. Maybe, your I'll, do a, maybe I'll do a target by target analysis in the <laughs> summer of Greg Stroman versus Dorian Strong's targets or, or their receptions allowed. All, all nine of Greg Stroman's receptions allowed. <laughs> <Yeah>. Part two. <laughs> yeah. What went wrong? <laughs> Uh, but overall, right. I mean, great points there and the vibes are definitely, you know, on fire. Do we, do we feel like right now today on what is Monsoor Delane's birthday, we'll be seeing him back in the orange and maroon next year as well. Yeah. I think there's overwhelming optimism that he's coming back. I think, you know, for any casual fan that, you know, is looking around college football it's not always, you know, your third, your juniors and your seniors that could go pro or, you know, guys that you think are pretty solid. It's the transfer portal is here for everyone. And I think there's always a chance that any of your players could enter in at any given point. Um, maybe that's more because of persuasion of other schools that we can't control yet. However, you know, it is Monsoor Delane's birthday today. Uh, his younger brother, who's a top 20 recruit, in 2025 uh, said yesterday uh, that there was going to be a big announcement today. I'm not quite sure what that all entails, but uh, it looks, it looks like Virginia tech will have Dorian strong and Monsoor Delane for next season, which again, you pair it with the Fuga APR, the wide receiver news, you know, adding in a guy like Cunningham, I think like you're starting to get really optimistic as a Virginia Tech fan, just seeing the success rate so far and the retention of the guys you want and, you know, adding, you know, starting to add guys to fill those gaps. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, at this point, and what I thought for Virginia Tech going in to this portal period was you just need to leave feeling like your team is stronger than it was, you know, on the last day of the season. Right. And for tech, overwhelmingly, given the retention news and the couple of additions we've seen, absolutely the uh, absolutely the case. Now, more additions, a possibility here. Lots of visits lined up for the weekend. Tell us about who's coming in. What are the little birdies saying? And do we think that for any of these guys, that news will be finalized one way or another before Monday? Kevin Gilliam, Ramon Brown, Monroe Mills, as mentioned before, I would be 
surprised if Virginia Tech went 0 for 3 on those. I think they're very targeted strategies to get guys that they need. We talked about Ramon Brown. I think that one's very specific. And you look at the connections, especially with a guy like Elijah Brooks, who recruited him out of high school, coached him for a season at Maryland, and is now at Virginia Tech. I think, you know, there's a lot of smoke there, and I think a lot of interest there. Kevin Gilliam Jr., defensive tackle, you know, Virginia Tech obviously wants to bolster that room even more. Um, you you have Fuga there. I think they need at least two to three bodies uh, to pair alongside him. And then Monroe Mills, uh, the Texas Tech transfer on the offensive line, I think looking if if there is going to be a guy that they bring in right now on the offensive line, it's probably him. Um, but that could also be something that, you know, as we mentioned, the rush is kind of over with offensive linemen. That could be something that's kind of slow played and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. So uh, out of those three, I think, you know, you can you can expect uh, at least one, I think, very targeted. But um, yes, this is this is the cream of the crop for Virginia Tech to bring in on the last weekend before the. The window closes, and and the other one is the linebacker for Middle Tennessee State, uh, Sam Brumfield. Sam Brumfield. Brumfield. Um, the Murfreesboro to Blacksburg connection. Um, I'm sure Jason Lane has something to something to, some insight into him, but like that's a for me, it's he's the big one this weekend. Um, I know they had Alex Howard in town last weekend, um, but there is a gaping hole at middle linebacker that they need to fill. Um, and, and, and Brumfield feels like a guy that could be could be the answer there. And they're certainly, I think, going to push pretty pretty darn hard to get him in the boat um, this weekend. I think he's considering a visit to Pitt afterwards, um, if I'm keeping my portal recruit straight. Um, but, yeah, that to me, that's the big great job on retention. But you still got to fill defensive tackle and you absolutely have to fill Mike linebacker. Um, so you know, he's, he's another big one that we'll see what happens um, with his visit this weekend. Well, according to uh, Mr. Evan G. Watkins, Pry loves Sam Brumfeld. Of course, middle linebacker, a position that Virginia Tech could use an upgrade at as I was well. Gonna say, I was, was going to say, it's like, They've got to be. They got to feel in pretty good shape when they're recruiting a linebacker from Middleton, like moving a linebacker up a level, and they can just put him in a room with Pry, who's coached any number of great linebackers, and be like, "Yeah, it's a. It seems like an easy sell at that point." Yeah, and it would be an even easier sell if they bring in Rick Stock still as an analyst. <laughs> that's true, but that's neither here nor there. That would be some chess, not checkers, if they did that. I don't see why not, but we'll have an entire separate pod doing that. the theory of the case. He's probably getting a nice buyout, so he'd be cheap, right? Oh, yeah. Middle Tennessee's man loves to coach, contract. too. Honestly, though, for Middle Tennessee, Derek Mason, former Vanderbilt coach, not a terrible hire for them, but again, great one either. if he. If someone has more success at Middle Tennessee than Rick Stock still does, or Rick yeah. Stockstill did. I'll tip my cap to him. I guess still he's got it. the Nashville connections from Vanderbilt to maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, 
The grass isn't always greener on the other side, as they say. But any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we get back to our normal lives? I just, uh, I guess final thought is, and we said it uh, multiple weeks ago on the podcast, but um, just that, you know, it's not always a one-way street when it comes to attrition. And I just think, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome to see what Virginia Tech is doing in terms of retaining the guys that they want to. It feels like an 100% rate so far, even though you have some guys entering the portal. But um, overall, I think just in terms of this offseason, as good – it's probably going the best it could have gone to this point in the offseason. And I think that makes you very encouraged for the following season. Um, so I w- definitely was not expecting this type of retention and success. But but certainly it's been refreshing to see that. My last thought, I'm refreshing Monsoor Delane's Twitter right now just to see if, <laughs> see if it happens right now. Uh, but my last thought is on his Twitter as he's retweeting Derek Jones a couple of days ago. He said he's blessed to coach Dorian Strong and Monster Verlaine, two of the best in the business. If you want things to happen easy for you and you don't like competition, Virginia Tech is not the place for you. I think I've personally been giving Brent Pry a lot of credit for like roster management and retention, but that doesn't happen without Derek Jones. Like it's the, the position coaches being um, having those relationships with their players is, is pretty pretty important i think derrick jones has been a pretty pretty good hire for virginia tech again vip subscribers to vt scoop 24 7 sports will enter for a chance to win a night with doug bowman a symposium <laughs> on cheetah law oh, that's part two is that the second <laughs> this is a full weekend conference or something? just go to pks and get the cheetah wings yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us, folks. Andrew Alex Matesis, Doug Bowman, no Evan G. Watkins today. I'm sure he'll be with us next time around. Subscribe to the pod. Lots of big stuff coming. Again, Brent Pry going to be with us next week. You're not going to want to miss it. VT Scoop, 24-7 Sports. Another enthralling episode of Inside the Tunnel. Enjoy your weekend, folks. As always, go Hokies. <laughs>